Welcome to A Week is a Long Time in Politics, topical political talk for A-level politics students. Tune in and join in the debate. I am joined by Kira and Clive. Hi both. Hello. Um, we have got quite a lot of topics we're going to try and get through today because there's, there's a bit going on, isn't there, um, in the world of politics. So we want to try and get through quite a bit. So that does mean, um, you know, we probably won't go off on quite as many flights of fancy and down as many tangents as we sometimes do on these things in order to try and cover quite a lot of content. But we would still like to um, bring you in if we can. Um, so if you make any comments, uh, we will keep an eye on those and try and bring you into the discussion as well. So shall we have a look at what our first topic is today to discuss? Um, I think we'll come to Clive first on this one. It's 45 days of trust. Yeah, it's a bit like Mock the Week, isn't it, where you suddenly given this, this topic. 45 <laughs> days of trust. My wife, who uh, teases me very frequently, said, what would I like for Christmas this year? Would it be that book by Harry Cole about uh, Out of the Blue, about the amazing rise of List Trust, which apparently is now being re- renamed to the amazing rise and rapid fall of List Trust or something. Have they had to write uh, another chapter? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently yeah. They, they are having to do some editing. Yeah. 45 days, and apparently we've got a 45 billion black hole in our, in our finances. So she's cost us a billion pounds a day, some would say by pushing through her economic policies, which were at best ill-founded. I found a quote, because I thought this may come up, and I like this quote from a guy called Martin Fletcher, who writes in The New Statesman, who described her as being inept, tin-eared, and devoid of emotional intelligence. And those were her good points. So it was, and will remain, sadly, for, for a lot of people who are paying you know, highly increased mortgage rates now, due to the increase in, in interest rates and the fact that the Bank of England today have, again, pushed up the, the interest rates. Um, a premiership, which can best be described, I believe, as a total and utter disaster. OK, well, not, Clive's not holding can any, back. Can, 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 <laughs> can, any, can anyone defend? That's the case for the prosecution. <laughs> well, we, I mean, before we try and, hard, hard task, yeah, before we try and defend trust, trust, I suppose <laughs> there's a question about where this comes into the A-level politics topic. I mean, the, yeah. you know, in terms of our, you know, prime ministers and the idea that we might do a, you know, a kind of case study on a prime minister. I mean, there's not a lot to say about this trust because she was here so briefly. You know, you probably wouldn't want her as one of your main prime minister case studies, but I suppose she's quite an easy an easy quick one because there's so little to, to say about it. she never contested or won an election um she lasted a month and a half um i if we had more time i would be tempted to try and launch a minor defense a sort of half defense of liz trust because i'm not sure it's fair to say that she's cost a billion pounds a day i mean is is what's happening at the moment with the economy really all down to Liz Truss. Obviously that, um, you know, that economic, what what we're not allowed to call a budget, um, yeah. you know, did have a significant impact or the reaction, the market reaction to it had, you know, a very significant impact. But I mean, most of that has been undone. We know what's coming from Hunt. So what's happening now is a reaction to, you know, what's 
things that went before and things that are, are likely to happen after, aren't they, to a, to a large extent? I mean, I know it, it's partly still reactions to that. Um, but I do think it would possibly be being a little bit harsh to this trust to blame her, blame her individually for everything. I mean, I think... Um, you know, I'd be tempted to go back uh, twelve years and have uh, talk about uh, the twelve years of austerity and the, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd 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 cast I'd cast the net much wider when I was looking for who to blame for for, for some of these things, uh, possibly go even further back in the deregulation under Mrs. Thatcher, but then that that would that we definitely haven't got time to talk about that. But um, you know, in some ways, she wasn't here long enough to be to blame for. <laughs> too much i mean there's only so much damage you can do in 45 45 days a lot of johnson's Mm. mess as well right um johnson's mess and also global problem you know i'm not this this does sound like a you know a a proper defense now doesn't it but i mean you know she did inherit uh post-covid the ukraine crisis you know there's then we just experienced it a lot worse than everyone else yeah Uh, and well, yes, and I think you could say, well, in that context, and Brexit as well, of course, which obviously she campaigned to remain, so we can't can't, can't blame her for that, <laughs> unless her campaigning caused the uh, was it was so bad that that was what caused the remain uh, vote. But um, sorry, the the leave vote. But so yeah, there's a there's a context there which isn't her doing, isn't it? And then you could say, well, then it was a stupid time to try and do, you know, a really radical. Um, economic gesture in those sorts of contexts it would have been wiser to do something rather more uh, small c conservative um than suddenly try and cut a load of taxes but i think she is a great example um for looking at the powers of parliament compared to the powers of the prime minister Mm -hmm. um in the sense that i think one of one of the nails and the final nails in the coffin um was the was labor utilizing their opposition day to put forward a a vote uh, to ban fracking. So obviously this is in the 2019 Tory manifesto, which says that they will not support fracking. So the MPs have to think, do I follow my party or do I follow my prime minister? And then we obviously saw the kind of abuse and MPs crying in the toilet and so forth. so I think it's a good example in that sense. It is, yeah. it is a good example. I mean, the interesting thing, of course, is that the government won the the government won the vote, even though you had the the whip, yeah. chief whip and the deputy chief whip resign apparently, and then not resign again. And, you know, all this talk of you know strange confrontations and goings on in the corridors, or whatever. They won the vote pretty convincingly in the end. So I mean, on the one hand, it shows how the executive can dominate Parliament, even. <laughs> even when it's something that wasn't in their manifesto and and they're imploding dramatically but as you say that that probably was what eventually it's, did for him it's, it's also constrained some pm's power isn't it you get all those great quotes and really it's you're constrained by it's the economy in it to <laughs> events events dear boy and if you lose the support of your own party then yeah. you're not going to remain prime minister no but it, no. it, it but does beg to question methods by which political parties get their leaders, especially when they are the party in, in government. Yeah, the cho- mm. the way parties choose their leaders is interesting as well, isn't it? Because we've had two in a quick quick succession now yeah. of being yeah. chosen just by... I'm not, I'm not predicting the third, by the way. No, no. Um, I think Sudak's probably here till the next election, isn't he? I thought yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, it's... And I don't think we'll, at the moment, I don't think there's any reason to think there'll be an early election. I mean, circumstances no. might 
might change in that case, but at the yeah. moment I wouldn't see any reason to think that. Do you think um, Labour would want an early election? Are Labour almost better than letting the economy go into recession, as, as predicted? Because it always used to be the thing that it was a Labour party that left the country bust and mm. no Labour government and the no. famous Liam Byrne, Byrne note and things like that. So actually it may be in Labour's favour. to yeah. Uh, Especially now it's been announced it's likely to be a quite a long recession. Oh, that's yeah. what the Bank of England's current prediction is. It'll be a long recession. They're quite... They're still ahead in the polls at the moment, aren't they, Labour? I mean, there's, the, oh, yeah, there's, be, there's, yeah. there's been a trend back, if you like, since yeah, there, there's yeah. been a certain amount of Sunak bounce. Um, we'll come yeah. to Sunak later. But, um, but you know, the, the, the extreme difference in the polls yeah. that was at the height of the trust... Thing has yeah. started to narrow, um, and so they may have at the back of their mind that that process might continue between now and election. Obviously, a potential recession or whatever might change that, um, but you know it's likely perhaps that they might worry that uh, you know in two years' time they might be back to being quite close in the polls, and then you know then you're down to who campaigns best or comes over best in an election campaign. We don't know that. No, they're both un untried. Both Sunak and Starmer are untried in that arena, aren't they? So until you see them in that kind of, you know, the leaders' debates and the, you know, the media scrutiny during an election campaign, we don't really know how either yeah. would, how either of them would fare. Um, at the moment, you'd think Labour would win an election. So I suppose on that basis, if they, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But if they were offered one <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. I, I suspect they possibly would take it, just because of the the nature of the polls. And also, the opposition parties kind of always need to say that <laughs> yeah. they can't ever really say, "Oh, we 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 hope the government will stay in power for a bit longer." Yeah. <laughs> you're, do, you're doing fine, lads. Keep going. That's not really the <laughs> not the not the best approach for an opposition. Um, well, there's quite a few people who, who said that really Labour got conned into the 29 election, sorry, 2019, 2019. election, and, yes. and should have held off. Yes, but again, you know, it's very hard for an opposition party to say yeah. we're happy for you to stay in power. You know, if you're going up every Wednesday saying you're bloody useless and you're doing all these things wrong, and then yeah. it's like, oh well, let's have a general election. And then, oh no, I don't want don't want that because we might lose it. It's sort of kind of you know, it's a, it, it it doesn't show confidence. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I suppose the other thing was about what sort of a Brexit we might have had if there hadn't been a general election. But anyway, that's a yeah. by the by, isn't it? Really, um, yeah. I feel we've like drifted onto Sunak yeah. anyway. So should we, should we keep going in that direction? I mean, just I suppose final thought on trust. Um, you know, is she going to be some other than a other than a pub quiz question? Who was prime minister when <laughs> the, the Queen died, and who was the shortest shortest the Queen, uh, Prime Minister for the shortest period of time is she someone that you know 10 years from now 15 years time people will particularly talk about as a Prime Minister I mean I suppose you know if Clive's right that people sort of think back on this as being a time where it's a particularly disastrous Prime Minister who lost all that money then she might be but I mean mm. she might be more of a sort of footnote really people might yeah. forget there was anyone between Johnson and Sunak if Sunak's here for a few years yeah I think she'll pass into large oblivion yeah. Oh, there's time for her to do other things with her life and career, isn't there? I mean, obviously not. Um, I'm a celebrity this this year, but um, maybe maybe next year strictly. You know, you know, you know, you never know. Um, anyway, I thought Theresa May might do strictly, but no, no such chance. She She's making too much money on the speaking circuit. Ah, right. Just thought for the dancing. 
thing. Yes, great um, answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, so Sunak's cabinet, I think, is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, when we think, obviously, the way that he was chosen, it was interesting that it didn't go to uh, the party members. It was just no. the parliamentary party that chose him. And I think that's also an interesting story when we're thinking about the power of the prime minister, because I think Boris Johnson would have won the party members' vote because he was very mm -hmm. popular with mm -hmm. them. And we saw, even saw in the other leadership challenge, they preferred him. Mm -hmm. But... I think the thing that stopped him from running was that the MPs wouldn't back him. And if a mm. prime minister can't get legislation through the House, then mm. they can't effectively govern. So it yeah. does show that there are limits, even if they're popular with the electorate, which kind of gave Tony Blair so much power. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And yes, yeah, so with Sunat's cabinet, I think it's interesting when we're thinking about um, representation. We often think about it in terms of who the MPs are, but we need to also think who is the government. So we're thinking about Sunak's cabinet. 51% uh, of our population are women and mm. only 23% of his cabinet are women. Um, mm. And I think the thing that probably stands out, probably two, two key things that stand out the most is 58% of his cabinet are privately educated, whilst only 7% of the population are. Yeah. And then the Oxbridge stats are also quite yeah. fascinating. So 1% of the population went to either Oxford or Cambridge, but 52% of his cabinet are yeah. Oxford, Oxbridge grads. Yeah. So yeah, is it representative? Yeah. I mean, I saw an interesting stat about how many prime ministers went to Oxford, interestingly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's scary, isn't it? It's yeah. pretty much all of them. I mean, uh, you, know, it's, um, you know, basically the ones who didn't go to university, or um, was it uh, Gordon Brown, was it Glasgow or somewhere, wasn't he? But other than yeah. that, they were pretty much all... All the Oxford, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, a lot of the talk about the representativeness of this cabinet and the last one has been the more positive end of that, which is more um, kind of ethnically diverse um, than previously. And obviously, we have just had um, the, con the third woman prime minister um, in UK history, haven't we? I mean, that's, I suppose that's the other thing that trust might be remembered for because um, yeah. I mean interesting obviously had Margaret Thatcher for all that time and then both both Theresa May and um, Liz Truss were more fleeting um, but um, but you know obviously Rishi Sunak the first minority ethnic um, Prime Minister and quite a few senior members of the cabinet um, from minority ethnic backgrounds as well but yes you are right certainly that it's a it's a wealthy cabinet isn't it i mean and to a certain extent yeah. that's what you expect from a conservative yeah i mean to be honest from any from any government but particularly a conservative mm -hmm. government um there there were some shifts weren't there it's, it's and in that respect it's quite an old school conservative government um you know the kind yeah. of you know public school um oxford type one rather than you sort of kind of there was the sort of thatcherite ideal of the self-made person or whatever um i i was sorry i was amused because someone was describing rishi sunak as a self-made man the other day and i'm not sure i'm not sure that's entirely entirely accurate i suppose it, it just depends i suppose it's your starting and end point doesn't it i suppose he's richer than the king so you know he's <laughs> still done quite well for himself but it's not from you wouldn't say it was from sort of humble humble beginnings um yeah so it is it isn't representative in that respect one thing I picked up on, yeah, you know, we got this stuff about, 
yeah, the power of the Prime Minister in terms of choosing their cabinet and the balance of the cabinet and whether you try and balance out the different wings of the party uh, i suppose at the moment we're still or you know these few years on we're still in that kind of remain leave um you know you're a skeptic more moderate type um era in the conservative party how to, how much was it rishi sunak's decision to have suella braverman back as home mm. secretary i suppose this is my my sort yeah. of initial question on this she's not she doesn't i wouldn't imagine she was a natural ally i mean it's not it's it's difficult to quite place rishi sunak's politics because obviously he's been a very high profile politician at a very unusual time as well isn't he so i remember you know at the time of covid he was throwing money around like it was going out of fashion so people sort of perhaps had this idea of him as something of a sort of one nation type i suspect mm-hmm. he's he's actually probably going to be rather more in the that's right mold i, I suspect yeah. in terms of um keeping quite tight control on spending and and still trying to reduce taxes if not as dramatically as um event yeah eventually wanting to reduce taxes although not yeah, not in it, the current circumstances policies and even yeah. the raising taxes it's similar to what kind of thatcher did when she first mm. came into power so i think Sunak is definitely, I would say, a Thatcherite. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but I think he's also um, quite sensible. So I think he's fairly intelligent. So he's he's kind of inherited this fractured party. And when mm-hmm. Trust took control, she just kind of ignored the fact that the party was fractured, just stuffed yeah. the cabinet with her allies, and that was probably ultimately her downfall. Whereas um, Sunak is thinking. Maybe Braverman, Braverman isn't kind of his person, his politics, mm-hmm. but she represents what a lot of the party believe. So he can have her there where he can in some ways control her, although it's not doing a very good job with the sort of terminology she's been using. Um, but it keeps that kind of more right, far right side of the party yeah. in check, I think, having her there is clever. Um, yeah, can I suggest? Is, sorry, the, the argument was, wasn't it, that Sunak needed Braverman to bring in the RG MPs onto his side? Right, that and was going to be. I was about to suggest a conspiracy. Point, yeah. he, he's only, he's only <laughs> been an MP, yeah. hasn't he, since 2015? Mm. So he's the most inexperienced Prime Minister. But I'll go with Kerr, and you know, maybe not be so called intelligent, but certainly politically astute. Mm. And I think he'll look after his back very well. And you know, right. to the point where, where Braverman may have to fall on her, her sword mm. because she has got so much baggage around her yeah. and judicial review already, been reported to various committees, mm. uh, use of language which at best can be described inflammatory. I, and if I was to have a prediction, I, I don't think Braverman will see Christmas as Home Secretary. Oh, she's gone. Clive gets these right every time. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, Suella. Um, <laughs> Clive has uh, sealed your fate. Should, should get a payout. They get 17 grand a time, don't they, for severance. Yeah. Apparently, we paid three quarters of a million pounds in the last So did she, did she get it for her severance two weeks two ago? We don't know ago, if they actually take it or not. Because <laughs> obviously she went and came back again. cabinet changes this year. 54 cabinet changes, apparently. That's another record. Yeah. So the way um, Kira and Clive are presenting this is sort of a strength for for Rishi, if you like, that he's... um, I don't know why I'm calling him Rishi in the way we call Boris Boris. I don't... We don't don't do that, do we? 
We'll call Liz Liz as well. Let's just call them all by their first names. It's fine. Um, and I called I called Suella Suella as well, didn't I? I'm just <laughs> they're all they're all my chums. Anyway, but um, if <laughs> um, you've put it in quite a positive way, almost like a sort of Harold Wilson sort of keeping you keep, keeping the different wings of the party together in order to 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 kind of manage the uh, party. I mean, there is a sort of less positive slant you could put on it, which is basically. If the ERG had come out for Johnson, or even possibly for Penny Mordaunt, then Sunat would have probably found it going to a vote in the country. Well, not in the country, but in the Conservative yeah. Party members, and would have lost. And so, in some ways, he's once again the uh, the hostage of the right wing of the uh, Parliamentary Conservative Party, and they basically. You know, he got them to agree not to back anyone on the basis that he would, that they, that they would appoint the Home Secretary <laughs> rather than him. Yeah. If you want, to, if if you want to put it in a more, uh, you know, and that's obviously more saying, yeah. well, maybe the Prime Minister isn't as powerful as all that. If you if you're suggesting that a, a backbench faction got to choose the Home Secretary rather than he did, and a backbench reaction that he's is not, he's not uh, um, particularly keen on, and they're not particularly keen on him. Um, it is a very fractured party and he does have to keep that in mind and, and try mm. to unite them. I, th I think it's a failed task. Mm. It's pointless. Even, well, it's not pointless trying, but I, I don't think it's going to be mm. resolved. I think the Conservative Party might eventually split. It's, it's mm. so yeah. ideologically divided. Yeah. Oh, the interesting um, thing... Go on, sorry. So I was just going to say, the interesting thing with Trust, just going back to Trust for a moment, was I wonder whether she might have held on albeit in a totally chaotic and disastrous way if she'd stuck to her guns um but by appointing hunt as as um chancellor she she you know she basically lost everyone at that point so she'd already lost you know the the kind of moderates in the conservative party by by her um initial actions and then by Suddenly saying, "Oh well, actually, we'll do this." Then all the ones who, you know, the the part of the Conservative Party that still support us, oh, we don't like you for that reason now. And so she kind of lost mm. everyone. And there is a there is a risk in trying to please everyone that you don't please anyone. I mean, I, you know, um, Sunak's not there at the moment, but it, it still is a risk for him, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's talk, isn't there, about a lot of people who are on the the right of the Conservative Party joining? Is it Reform UK? Mm, yeah. I mean, Richard Tice is bragging about that, which doesn't necessarily mean it's true. No, it doesn't. But there is, but it, I mean, you know, to back up Kira, I think there's a distinct chance that there will be a, a, a big schism, favourite word, uh, in the Conservative Party at some point, because they are so mm. divided. Yeah, and the ERG, ERG sorry, are, are powerful. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Christian Guru Murphy's interview with Suella Braverman. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, that's a relief. I thought you were going to say something else about Christian Guru Murphy. I? I was, I was oh, going to no. say, you can't, you, can't say, you can't say that. No, no. All right. Sorry. He was much better you know, he this time. Doesn't, doesn't rate Steve Baker, though, does he? Apparently not. Anyway, sorry. sorry. I, I heard some things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he was interrog not interrogating her, but asking her, where is the funding from? Who are the members? And she just refused to answer. Mm. So I, right. I think it's it's a yeah. very dark side of British politics right now. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully I don't yeah. get assassinated for saying yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, there there is a, a risk or a possibility oh, to, to, or an opportunity. How, no, no, however you have, depending on what, where you come from politically, it's a risk or a, or an opportunity that, I mean, 
you could see both parties dramatically schism yes. in the next few years, couldn't you? I mean, the Labour Party is at the moment stopping various people from standing as candidates and it's, people are getting yeah. more and more upset on the, the left of the Labour Party. You could end up with, you know, four parties out of two that's, that's, at some point. Um, no, I think we need to just throw never that We'll put you up there, Joe. Okay. Moving away from these shores entirely, um, shall we have a word or two about um, COP27? There was lots last year about COP26 because it was here or in Glasgow. But um, what can you tell us about COP27, Clive? Very, very briefly that the planet is far more sensitive and delicate than most politicians are taking taking um, care of uh, a report in the garden i think on monday or well, the end of last week just saying that europe is is heating up far quicker than it should be and we are the worst continent but despite all the various promises over the years going back particularly to paris in 2015 um we are still not heeding and most scientists are are telling us that unless we begin by 2030 to Get down to this 1.5 degrees heat rise, whatever you wish to term it. Then we are we are beyond tipping point, which is extremely concerning. Uh, and yet, majority of governments, ours included, tend to put domestic policy in front of of what clearly is the perhaps the most overriding factor of, of all, and that is the sustainability of the planet. I mean, you know, linking to, to immigration, very soon we're going to have climate migration because parts of the world would, would no longer be inhabitable mm-hmm. just, heat or lack of water. Yeah. Just very quickly, because um, obviously this is mainly about global politics and we have said a lot about Sunak yeah. and Trust and all that kind of thing, but you just mentioned about the impact of domestic politics on this. And obviously Sunak wasn't going to go, was he? And now, no. now he is going. There's been a U-turn on that. Um, yeah. What do you think the reasoning was for both, I suppose? One, why wouldn't you go? It's... It, it is the done thing to go to these things. <laughs> why wouldn't he have gone? And then why did he change his mind? Just briefly on that. Do we know? <laughs> anyway, I, 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 I honestly don't know why he wouldn't go because you would have thought it would be his first chance to be Prime Minister yeah. on, on, a, on a stage. global stage. Mm. The reason perhaps why he is going because our friend Alexander de Fifthville Johnson apparently is going. I've got no, no idea on what basis. I don't know who's yeah. invited him. i got a damn good idea he won't be paying for it. Yeah. But I, I yeah, suspect he won't go now. Yeah. No. I would I, I suspect he was he, he was only wanting to go to embarrass Sunak, I suspect. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that opportunity is gone. Yeah. So yeah. find something else to do now. But um yeah, it's interesting. I mean, so again I think this might have been about playing to the right wing of the Conservative Party. Yeah. Well, there's two possibilities. One, it was playing to the right wing of the Conservative Party where there are quite a few climate skeptics i mean i think he's appointed something of a climate change skeptic to to that role um in 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 the cabinet um and so it's kind of keeping that side on on board the alternative i suppose if we're going from a more pro pro rishi sunak perspective or defending rishi sunak might be well at the moment the government's one and only um objective is to fend off economic catastrophe so he had to be at home and talking to Jeremy yeah. Hunt about this uh, yeah. about about the budget and not not dealing with um, global things but um, 
but I agree. It's a, it, you can't understand really why a new prime minister wouldn't want to um, go to this sort of summit yeah. and put their stamp on yeah. on, on yeah. a global stage. I think you know the, the, the biggest sad is we've always we always tend to have this the economy versus the environment. Mm. Well, obviously they're totally and inextricably linked, mm. and to actually sustain a, a, an economy, you need to have the mm. correct environmental um, factors as well. Yeah, and, and it, if it, it is, it's the wealthy countries who seriously need to start looking about how to mitigate yeah. or adapt environments for, for yeah. other and countries. The, and the interconnectedness between all this is so apparent at the moment, isn't it? Because obviously, all the stuff with the energy prices and and yeah. and you know, stuff about oil and gas and stuff is so interconnected with climate. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting because that was something obviously that trust the trust government was obviously going on a we're we're gonna we're favouring growth over sustainability. That was obviously that was an obvious focus of hers. You know, we're gonna we're gonna bring back fracking and all that kind of thing. And obviously, that's that's not happening now. But I wonder whether the general trend of kind of economic growth being prioritised over over sustainability and the environment might be there. But globally, then, I mean, have you got much hope for COP twenty seven? Is this going to be something that is this going to be a game changer? in a way that some of the others haven't been? Yeah, all the other ones have been so impactful, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's, the problem is, when we're thinking about it in terms of global, it's the state's interests trump everything else. So I don't really see it making much impact. <clears throat> but like you said, it is time to really think about other sources of energy because we're feeling that crunch and mm -hmm. obviously the impact of um, Russia and OPEC as well is showing that if, you know, Britain, the EU and the US want to kind of protect their interests, well, maybe other sources of energy is the way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reality is, I'm, if you look at a textbook, probably it will refer to Kyoto in 1997, Paris 2015, and no other COP. Mm. So the, the actual reality is they, they probably have very limited significance other than promises which are very often not, not kept no. for various reasons. I mean, you know, Trump was a famous one when Trump came in. He, you know, I was made president of the United States not to look after the global climate or worse yeah. that effect. Yeah. But, I mean, are things slightly more hopeful now in that, you know, it isn't Trump, Biden may be slightly, you know, rather more sympathetic. We've got, I think we're going to come into it in a moment with, you know, um, changing government in brazil um yeah which you know i think people who were you know keen on rainforests are, are happy about um <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it that i'll put it that way um you know that maybe there are some some bright spots you know we, we don't want to be permanently no. gloomy yeah. in these things no, absolutely not. yeah there's <laughs> gonna be lots of bright spots with all that extra sun and heat so yeah no. <laughs> Oh, you're about to grow grapes in North Yorkshire. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, as the BBC put it, when they were being neutral. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the BBC, why do they give time to people like Julia Hartley Brewer to go on Question Time mm -hmm. and just say it's not climate, darling, it's just weather? Yeah. No, it's not. I, mean, oh. yeah, I think that's the problem. And yeah. yes, Biden is the president of the United States. He's more conscious about the environment but it's also the people and what the people care about. So 
he's not going to do anything too radical because the population is still so split and people mm. still denying whether or not climate change is real. And I, I think, you know, movements like Extinction Rebellion have done so much to educate people. And that's that's the hope. And as those movements grow, I think it's going to become harder to argue against it. So there's a little bit of social movements and uh, pressure groups as well as uh, global, which is interesting because obviously we've got Just Stop Oil at the moment and uh, obviously um, some controversy over the the, uh, the sort of tactics that they're using. Um, I saw a really odd interview with um, Ed Balls interviewing someone from Just Stop Oil. And, you know, he was he was a doctor, this guy from Just Stop Oil, and he was talking about children dying of malnutrition and all this kind of thing and and ed balls just kept on going what's your point what's your point i was just like what, what, what do you mean what's his point uh, sorry it was, it was, it was, it was, i mean it, the thing is he was trying to get to say well why why is it a good thing to hold up the traffic in in england and stop people getting to their hospital appointments that was the kind of lining line of questioning mm-hmm. ed balls was going and i suppose the person wasn't really answering that but other than to say it's a it's a big emergency and we have to do something about it but um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously things like the throwing the paint at the Van Gogh and stuff is is very divisive. Um, yeah, and again, yeah. good example, good examples to use for your pressure group questions. Absolutely, and, yeah, in Slavery. <laughs> um, while we're on Presume. global things, but I think you could yeah. link it to um, other things as well. I mean, it'd be interesting to know what the reaction to this is in America and uh, other places. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a change in government in Brazil and the far right, I think I'm allowed to use the term far right in this occasion, I, told, I was concerned last week about the use of the word far right, but the far right um, President uh, Bolsonaro, um, you know, uh, has gone. Touch, is, there some wood? is there some wood around here? Yeah, there is. Because um, yeah. he's not, has he, has he officially conceded defeat yet? He had not last time I looked. He hasn't, yeah, hasn't. It, <laughs> he hasn't kind of officially, but no. um, yeah, so it's really interesting because obviously Bolsonaro is quite a, well, I think most people around the world probably very much dislike him. Um, and like you mentioned before, it's, it's the Amazon. He has kind of made false promises to be reasonable with um, the deforestation of the Amazon, where realistically he's been allowing it to be heavily uh, cut yeah. down, which is a problem because it's, uh, the lung of the world, right? It's one of our last remaining. And it's an interesting one because if we're thinking about Britain, we did our deforestation. We got rid of our lungs over here in order to industrialize. Is it fair to expect the same from, like, ask Brazil not to do that? I'd say yes, but it would mm-hmm. be probably good to subsidize Brazil in some way. Um, but um, so he, he was divisive, extremely religious figure as well. His interpretation of religion in that sense. Um, so Brazil's got very reactionary laws um, in terms of abortion and things. Um, but he really successfully uh, tapped into the Christian vote in Brazil and uh, like, especially the evangelicals. So people saw that if Lula won the election, it would be the end of the church in Brazil and church rights, which obviously is ludicrous. Because he was uh, president before, time. it was president before, wasn't it? It didn't end. Church or yes, church rights was. when he was president um, before. Yeah. Um, obviously, there um, was wasn't a re- he was a controversial figure in the end. He was very popular initially, and then there were questions about corruption and things um, afterwards, weren't there? But yeah, you know. and when when he was president, he oversaw um, 
a boom in Brazil's economy mm. and Brazil was thriving under Lula. It was probably more so good circumstances rather than a good leader, but that, that's what happened. Um, but what we started to see then is he was put on corruption charges, but then he was acquitted. So yeah, I was going to say, there was, there was a degree corrupt. of... <laughs> yeah. Are we allowed to suggest there was a degree of um, interference? I think we're allowed to suggest that. And, I think you it's know, fair. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't... It, it was a coup without the military, I suppose. You could, arguably, yes. potentially, you know, yeah, to stop it, exactly. stop his comeback. Um, I'm just going to say this to just to be controversial and don't respond. You don't have to respond to it at all. But, you know, there's, here was a once very popular, um, rather elderly, far-left leader gone out of the picture no no chance of him coming back and then here he is come back what do we reckon corbyn 23 i'm I'm just gonna get my dog while he's just the bob and leaves um but yeah yeah i think it's it's interesting because um he, he obviously is lula did win the election uh but he won it in the second round and it was with only 50.9% of result yeah. votes. So it's, it's really a small majority. So people, looking really good, Duncan. Uh, people still really support um, Bolsonaro in, in Brazil and they are refusing to concede the election. And I think that's just interesting in terms of democracy. <laughs> democracy um, will only work so long as the loser accepts defeat. And yes, Bolsonaro has now address the public he's asked for these blockades to to go away because the truck drivers came together and they blocked the roads and so forth but um he has told them they need to go but he's not quite outrightly said i lost the election fair and square there's this talk about voter fraud so can lula like run a divided country that's where it's going to be incredibly difficult so he will be limited in the the changes that he puts forward and hopefully he managed to manages to actually govern and there's not a civil war because people are even calling for a, a military coup to, to, to protect the dictate to, sorry to protect democracy yeah so it's interesting it's kind of parallels with america that aren't there really yeah. and trump's not willing Trump-like. to accept that that, that that he had lost I will make a prediction for 2023. There's no return for Corbyn. <laughs> Possibly in Brazil. <laughs> well, he's, very, yes, he's very popular in Latin America. <laughs> yeah, and now the whole of Latin America is uh, left-wing, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Nearly, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah there's these interesting yeah, maps, aren't there? I mean, slightly misleading <laughs> maps because they've just painted the whole of America red, and I think that's 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 a mis- probably a misrepresentation of Joe Biden and, uh, and uh, the uh, Canadian uh, government. But, you know, it's... Uh, but yeah it's interesting I think another point to make as well is just the kind of position of brazil in south america the it's that kind of because it's the strongest economy it's an emerging economy in the world um i think this will be interesting in america's influence so lula's already been shaking hands with macron and and obviously the western leaders anyway but he's also the prime the president sorry when he was president who rejected america's request for extending NAFTA into South America mm. as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that yeah. politics plays out. Yes, it's interesting because when he was president before, it was a time where there were quite a few left-wing presidents across South America, sim- similar to now, I suppose. Um, and he was yeah, associated with the Venezuelan and, and other left-wingers who there were certainly a lot of American manoeuvres against some of the other left-wing leaders mm. in Latin America. And obviously... 
we go back to the 70s or what have you then um america took yeah. some very you know very drastic actions yeah. against some left-wing leaders in in um in in latin america now obviously it's a it's different times although we sort of have a new cold war going on it's not a right versus left <laughs> cold cold war anymore so you know there's no sort of link between putin and and uh, and 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 these left wing groups but um but it's interesting whether you know you might see at least sort of economic um operations against some of these left wing leaders if not um i don't suggest sort of cia military coups or whatever the 70s style but you know certainly economic actions um but as you said you know would they prefer bolsonaro and bolsonaro and i, I suspect possibly possibly not um so maybe you you know a sort of a restrained lula is preferable from an american foreign policy perspective i don't know maybe you know arguably but uh we shall see um so um we do have one last story just to finish with um slightly uh flippant one i suppose hancock's half hour um but there is a there is a sort of serious politics to this in a way, isn't there? Matt Hancock um, is still the MP for somewhere in Norfolk. I can't remember where. Yeah. <laughs> West Norfolk, I believe. West Norfolk is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, taking his salary as an MP, um, he's not the first MP to do this, of course, but he is going off to Australia to um, to, to to be in the jungle and getting paid a lot of money to do so, while uh, while continuing to draw his MP salary. Um, what do we think of this? Is this is this acceptable that MPs can can do this? No. Is the whip withdrawn? This is one of the things that drives me to absolute despair. Personally, I don't think MPs should be allowed a second job. Now, there is, of course, a caveat, which undermines my argument straight away, that if you're a doctor or whatever, maybe Solicitor, you, should, yeah. you, you should perhaps need to continue to do that because whatever. But fundamentally, I, I would much rather pay MPs more money, build them, Nice place to live in Westminster, you know, like an upmarket student flats, so they don't have to claim expenses, etc., etc., and say, you are paid to do a job. If anyone catches up with us, I would really urge them to look at Register of Members Interest, mm. where you can see how MPs get paid or get given mm. gratuities or other things. Look at Sir Geoffrey Cox, MP yeah, yeah. for North Devon and Torridge, making about a million quid a year working as a legal beagle out in British Virgin Isles. Theresa okay, May. I'm, I'm going to stop you there, Clive, just briefly, because right. you're, you're, I, I appreciate you're not here I'm to, def- you're not here to yeah. defend the uh, whip's office of the Conservative yeah. Party. Yeah. But yeah. why has the whip been withdrawn from Matt Hancock and not from, not say, Sir Ge- not, say, Sir Geoffrey Cox or Boris Johnson or, or Theresa May? I mean, why, why is... Yeah. Going on a TV show different from going on a speaker tour or or um, holiday <laughs> or whatever else you might be doing when you should be being um, when you should be being MP and representing your constituents. Um, is it just because it's yeah. high profile? Because I mean, the money is it's a lot of money, but it's nowhere near as much as some of them are making yeah. in lobbying work yeah. and, and stuff. And they can't yeah. be doing much representing when they're off doing oh, legal, legal work in a different country. They're, they're not doing much in their constituency. Yeah. They won't be doing any less than, than Matt Hancock would be. Yeah. But, no, yeah, I, mean, I think... You're not defending the... 
<laughs> You're not defending no, the Conservative whips no, on this. No. Absolutely not. No. I mean, I, I think they should be kicked out. I don't think they should mm. be MPs. If I, if I lived in their constituency, I'd be going for you know, a recall pe- petition against them. Mm. Yeah. Clearly, they're not they're not doing their the job for which they get eighty four grand for. Is there? We'll get we're going to finish very soon. I can see kids yeah, yeah. looking off into kids getting anxious. Yeah. <laughs> is, oh, there, parents, is there a defence for Matt Hancock? He says that this is a way of him getting to the people. That um, reality TV is where the people are. It's like someone writing. It's like politicians writing a writing writing a column in the Sun or uh, going on Richard and Judy or Holly and Phil or whatever. This is a way of. Speaking to the public where the public are, rather than in Parliament. Yeah, he's making where awareness watching. for dyslexia as well, isn't yeah, he? Apparently, his, giving a donation for, for dyslexia. As far as I'm concerned, it's totally indefensible. And the only good thing is that he is going to be eating so many parts of marsupials, <laughs> intimate parts. Yeah. That I mean, I don't watch reality yeah. TV shows. No. But I mean, I might, I might vote anyway. <laughs> I mean, presumably he won't get to do much politics on this show because that's not what the show's about. I remember when George Galloway did Celebrity Big Brother and one of his justifications for going on was that he was going to be able to, you know, make the case for the anti-war case or something, the respect party's case while he was was there. And, you know, obviously they showed him crawling around the floor dressed in a leotard pretending to be a cat and very little of his political rants that he did late at night because, you know, because no, no, no one was really interested in that, not the people watching Celebrity Big Brother at any rate. So, it, you know, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure they'll give up Matt Hancock at least one opportunity to say something about dyslexia, but essentially he's not going to be there solving political issues as he is going to be there providing warped entertainment to, be, to people who don't like him, I see you, yeah. Let's make him sit in there. Maybe they get a very, very high audience, which yeah. I guess is what our TV are banking on. Yeah. He's so largely yeah, disliked. Yeah. yeah. I think his justification was that it was a way to reach young people, mm-hmm. which I think is probably a little bit patronising and unfair of young people, that this is the only way that they'll be interested in politics. He's missed the mark entirely. Um, yeah. And it, it's probably just because... He knows that this is his last moment, that he's relevant because it's so obviously coming off of um, coronavirus and everything. So he's just just looking to be relevant, I reckon. And maybe in some ways he just wants to get his point of view across. I think he feels he was unfairly sacked. Um, And I saw an interview saying that, oh, he didn't um, break the law because it was the social distancing was only guidelines. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting thing, and I think yeah. that's what really it is for him. It's about his ego more than anything. Yeah, yeah. it was quite interesting, wasn't it? When Sunak came out of 1922 as prime minister, yeah, and yeah. all his acolytes were outside clapping, he appeared to black Hancock. It did appear. I'd imagine yeah. in Hancock's heart there. Then it was. Uh, but also, like, he was meant he was meant together. to be on SAS Heroes or something. So Channel Four are furious with him because oh, yeah. he's. Because he's gone to the jungle instead, um, okay. so he, he was obviously no, signed. He was signing up. He was signing up to all sorts of uh, reality TV shows. Apparently, yeah, so I don't know. It'll be Celebrity Bake Off next, or whatever. Anyway, um, shall we do our little predictions before we sign off? So, um, Clive, you've kind of already made one, which is that Suella Braveman's not going to, not make going to last, Christmas. not going to make okay. it till Christmas. Um, okay. Yeah. Have we got any I other? Mean, the other one, obviously, is in two weeks' time we have the autumn statement, and 
I think it was Neil Kinnock who said back in 83, yeah, be afraid if you're young, be afraid if you're poor, be afraid if you're, if you're old, because I think it's going to be a pretty brutal budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people, people like you, Duncan, you might not get a high speed two for another hundred years. It's not coming here now, anyways. It's, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> they've already abandoned our our neck of the woods. I would say. I mean, so just take everything out of London. That's the way to fix that, isn't it? Why is everything yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a good question, Kira. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, what about you, Kira? Have you got any predictions? What we might be talking about in two weeks' time? Yeah, I think it. Like Clive said, it was going to be the budget, really, isn't it? So we're going to see. Um, tax rises um, and the kind of fallout from that. And I don't know, it, I'm curious to see his education policy that he's currently drafting, his talk about um, maths and English. So I don't know if that was just something that he threw in and it, that's it, of, mm-hmm. or is it actually going to be talked about a bit more seriously? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've sort of backtracked a bit on some of the education stuff, haven't they? Initially they were talking about quite a dramatic education reforms and then someone said oh there's nothing actually yeah this is just just talk at the moment or whatever nothing mm-hmm. nothing particularly planned um have i got a prediction um other than that matt hancock will be uh voted for all the uh, most repulsive tasks yeah. on the uh, yeah. tv program um i'm kind of with clive on the swella braveman thing i think people are going to keep on coming up with reasons why she shouldn't be <laughs> secretary and she yeah. might help provide some of them um i think uh we'll get obviously in two weeks time we'll be talking about cop 27 again probably and i i fear mm. probably saying as we have done before that you know although there there'll, there'll be some conclusions and they'll sign up to something that there probably won't be anything very you know very concrete from that i normally come up with a labor party one i, I think things might be relatively quiet in the labor party over the next um couple of weeks um I think they've the, the, purged substantially haven't they yeah i mean that's the ongoing thing is that uh, you've got quite a few local selections where a popular local local councillor on the left has been prevented from standing on apparently yeah, they would say they would suggest somewhat spurious grounds in some cases um and it's i suppose the question is whether at some point the kind of campaign group mps the existing mps in, on the left of the Labour Party, you kind of John McDonald's, Diane Abbott, those sorts mm. of people um, are going to make some sort of stand or protest about that. Um, based on current evidence, I suspect they won't, because um, really, I suppose the most dramatic version of this was, you know, the what happened with Jeremy Corbyn, and they didn't they didn't make a stand or anything about that. So it's, it seems unlikely they'll do it about a local councillor in in stoke or whatever but um i don't know uh so i don't think so i think it'll be a relatively quiet a couple of weeks in the labor party but i'll probably be wrong because i'm sort of saying that in the hope that i'll be wrong so um <laughs> so, so okay um because i've been wrong about all the others so and clive will definitely be right which is why i copied his well the brave mom okay um, <laughs> right well thanks very much guys and yeah. uh, thank you We'll do this again in a couple of weeks. Also, Kira will have a debate next week. I'm not sure we've totally Ooh. decided what our debate next week will be, but we'll do do a nice debate. Okay. Thank you very so, much. All right. Okay. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A Week is a Long Time in Politics has been brought to you by Tutor to You Politics for all your A-level politics resources and revision workshops.